0: so I wanted to look at the book of John today John chapter 3 not ver- well, I mean, we are going to read through verse 16 but um, I really wanted to talk about the gospel and just what that means for us today uh, you know just you know, just as we decide, what what next series we're gonna get into or what it is that we're gonna do next but this this right here is the foundation of our faith and everybody knows or one of the most famous verses is John three sixteen that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son and that everybody who should believe in him would not perish but have eternal life right but let's look at the context in which Jesus said these famous words. So we're starting off in John chapter 3, verse 1. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jew- Jewish ruling council. Can anybody tell me what a Pharisee is? Yes. Or something along those he was a Jewish religious leader a Jewish religious leader these guys the Pharisees knew the law of Moses and they lived according to the law of Moses to the T these guys understood relationship with God meant following these rules to the T any deviation from it uh was just not acceptable. So Jesus, Jesus was flipping everything upside down because Jesus represented a new covenant. Jesus represented a new way of doing things. And for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, the Pharisees understood a certain way to honor God. And then Jesus came saying, hey, I am that guy that the prophets of old have been telling you about, that you have been reading about. I am that king and I represent a new covenant or a new deal, a new way, a new way that God is going to bless his people, that God is going to have relationship with his people and it is through Jesus. So the Pharisees uh, were at odds with Jesus because Jesus was saying things like, look, you say you know looking at somebody um i mean you say that adultery is a sin but i tell you that looking at somebody with lustful eyes that's a sin you say that murder is a sin but i tell you that being angry with your brother is a sin that's the sin so jesus was taking it deeper not just follow the rules, but taking it deeper, helping us understand the heart and in doing so is showing us how impossible it is, how impossible it is to not sin without Jesus. How impossible it is to live a perfect life apart from Jesus, to live a righteous life I should say apart from God and apart from Jesus. So this man, Nicodemus, was a Pharisee. Uh, And look at verse 2. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus said, I tell you, the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. So question. Why did Nicodemus come to Jesus at night? Why is that an important detail?
1: Maybe he wasn't allowed
0: to be with him during the day. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of cultural pressure in the circle that he was running with because they were so at odds for him to approach and talk to Jesus, and let alone ask him. Just, just, just to acknowledge that he is from God. Any other ideas? I was curious. Yeah. Yep. Because he's seeing this guy claiming, claiming that he is God, saying, "I am the Messiah. I am the sent King," and doing all these miraculous things. Another way to look at it. Nicodemus was trying to get some one-on-one time with Jesus because we can assume that throughout the day Jesus was with the crowds and with the people. So he says, so Jesus says this. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Nicodemus asked a very important question. How can a man be born when he is old? Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. So Nicodemus is like, come on, Jesus, that's disgusting. Are you serious? (laughs) There is no way. There's no way. This doesn't even make any sense. What are you talking about born again? So Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit flesh gives birth to flesh but the spirit gives birth to spirit you should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again so what is he saying here let's look at this verse verse 5 no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the spirit what is Jesus saying to be born of water and the Spirit okay that's one view that some people might like to say anybody else the only argument I have against the idea of baptism is that he's talking about the kingdom of God you can't enter the kingdom of God unless you are baptized and born of the Spirit and I don't think that that's true right Example, the thieves that were with Jesus on the cross, one of them acknowledging uh, the deity of Christ, saying, "You, yes, you are the Messiah. Uh, Jesus says to that thief, I'll see you in paradise. He did not have an opportunity to be baptized. He didn't even have an opportunity to do good deeds. But he was made righteous because of his faith. In Jesus, right? So, what else could this could this born of water mean? Purification, cleansing. Yes, that's that's another view. There's another view.
1: Thirst. Say it again. A thirst.
0: Oh, I, I, I've never. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I think that that's a reach.
2: That's a reach. Uh, I mean, usually Jesus refers to him himself as living water, so maybe that has a connection. <laughs> I mean, that's that, that sounds great.
0: Yes. This the um uh, if we go to let me look at, let me make sure that I have this right because there's a scripture that kind of uses the same. Language here in Titus chapter 3, verse 5. If I can get to Titus, where it's basically talking about being born of the spirit using similar language 3 5, you
1: said?
0: Yeah, Titus 3 5. Could you read it?
1: 3 5? Yeah. Uh... At four, but when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. Is that what
0: you're thinking or not? Mm, that might be wrong. I don't have the right scripture reference. Um but but that could also be talking about being born of the Spirit, just another way of, of saying that. And then other people argue. Uh, talking about uh, being being physically born talking about the water that 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 you are in in the womb um, but it's most likely that Jesus is talking about because of the context here talking about being born of the spirit this is exactly what he's talking about because in the next in the next verse he says flesh gives birth to flesh but the spirit, Gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying. You must be born again. So this is an interesting concept. We have life here on earth. But we must experience a new life. We must experience a new birth. Go ahead. Well, I was
1: thinking in a sense. Don't we say that we go through a transformation?
0: Yeah. And so
1: that could be what he's referring to and the acceptance of Jesus Christ as our Savior, accepting that it's him, the Father, the yeah. Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that acceptance and the walk with Jesus leads you into transformation. That yeah. in a sense, you're born again because you're different. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah, and uh, I think it's in 2 Corinthians where, where it says that we are a new creation. A new creation. So this is how this happens. like... We still have our flesh, but in the spirit, we have become new, brand new. You got something? Um,
3: no. Well, cool. uh, like how we're now been uh, adopted into uh, God's kingdom. Yep. And now we're brothers, so it's kind of like being born into that family again. Oh, it's just like,
0: uh, That's uh, great uh, imagery. Because Paul, Paul talks about it in, in uh, Romans where, where God had chosen the Jewish people and then, what about the Gentiles? Jesus bridges the gap. He says, now it's not just the Jewish people, but the Gentiles, meaning everybody else who is not Jewish is allowed to be part of this family. Grafted in, he, he uses this language, grafted in, adopted, that we are all adopted as sons and daughters, with Jesus being the son of God, we are adopted as children of God. So now we are a part of this family. Now we are a part of the kingdom of God. So then, he says this, and I want you to think about what he's saying in, in regard to the, um, to the spirit. He said, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. What is Jesus saying here? Uh, so that kind of reminds me of that meme one that we were reading
1: about. What's that guy? Um, James. No, he wasn't mean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the one that was miserable. Uh, oh, Joe? No. Ecclesiastes. Oh, yes. Ecclesiastes. Yes. <laughs> <about> it. <laughs> <It's Jesus. laughs>
3: Everything's useless or something?
0: No. Everything's meaningless. So it's
1: like, no, no, but in the sense of the idea that we can't guarantee what's going to happen tomorrow. Yep. You know, and so Jesus, is. this is what he's saying, that if your father, you don't know what the Spirit's going to provide for you, I, you don't know what my plan is for you, and so we can't, We really gotta just go with the spirit, we'll go with the flow in the sense because we have no idea what that plan is or what tomorrow's gonna bring.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I get a sense of like, your body isn't your only form. Yeah. Uh, You know, you're, I think there was part of the song that that was saying, but yeah, yeah, like, I surrender. It's, like, it's almost like surrendering, yeah, like to the to the spirit, the spirit. it's not your plans but pretty much yeah, is just says wherever um, God, you come on contract, you're signing it, and God Okay, here you go. Yeah. You write whatever you want on it. You go wherever you I want to go. It.
0: Yeah. I'll follow wherever you go, I'll keep in step with you wherever you go. That's good. But here, these are all great concepts. But specifically in this verse and within the context of this, Jesus is talking about those being born again. The Holy Spirit, look, this is the thing. None of us can save anybody. We can talk, we can reason, we can, we can show the errors of people's ways, we can read, we can do whatever. But it is the Holy Spirit that regenerates people, and it is in God's timing that people will click. Right, with me, I—it just happened. I don't know. All of a sudden, I had this this urge to know about God, to understand this this being that I grew up having a just a general respect of going to Catholic services on Christmas and on Easter these these kinds just having a tradition being raised understanding that, that there is a God and that I was created by God but that's all that God was to me and then a man shows up while I'm skating around FAU with my friend, like at 11 o'clock at night in an empty parking lot, and a man is just standing there, and excuse me if you've heard this story already, but a man is just standing there and I'm passing him over and over again. And then finally, he stops me and he says, hey, do you wanna take a a religious survey? I said, yeah, I'll take a religious survey. Uh, And then he was like, do you think you're going to heaven? I was like, "Yeah, I've never killed anybody. I don't. St- I've never stolen anything. Of course, I'm going to heaven. I'm. I'm a. I'm a. I'm, I'm a good person." And then he goes on to tell me how I'm not going to go to heaven, and that the only way to heaven is through Jesus. He made me say this prayer. He's like, "Here's this book. You want to say a prayer?" And I said, "Yeah, sure." But I was just, I was weeded out by this guy. Why was he here? Why was he looking at me and my friend skate? I was just trying to get him away, so he, he led me in that sinner's prayer thing where I confess my sins and I declare Jesus as Lord and stuff, but it meant absolutely nothing, it meant absolutely nothing, I just continued skating around, I continued skating around, fast forward, um, I'd say a month or two I'm sitting inside of a church because one of my friends invited me and um, just even before that there was this longing inside of me to know who God was or who God is and just understand the things that I actually say that I believe and just spending time with my friend who is a Christian and spending time with her family and being around. These people, I really started just seeing Christianity in a different light. And then uh, they invite me to a church service and the, the pastor at the time, was, it, was, it was a guest speaker, said, hey, does anybody have any questions about what we just spoke about today? I was the only one that raised my hand. And the same friend that I was skating with was there with me and that pastor took me outside. And all these questions that I had, he asked me, first he asked me if I wanted to say the uh, sinner's prayer, uh, and, and I didn't know what he was talking about, I just understood that maybe it was that same prayer that we were going to, that I prayed with that other guy. I said, wait, wait, wait I, I just have some questions, and I, I, had, I had questions, I had questions about the Bible, and I asked him my questions, he answered my questions using the Bible, simple questions like, why are there other religions? what's the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, stuff like that. So after saying that, I said to him, can we say that prayer that you wanted me to pray? He said, yes, of course. So when I close my eyes to pray, and he's leading me in this prayer, and I'm saying the words, "Uh, Father, I know that I am a sinner. And I'm saying these words. I've said these words before. But I'm saying them now. I feel and believe in the moment that God is actually hearing me say this. And I am feeling the weight of the things that I have done wrong. The the things that I carried along with me that I just tried to, I don't know, just sweep under the rug with other stuff. But I feel that God actually hears me When I say, Father, forgive me for my sins, I believe you died so that I don't have to suffer consequence for the things that I've done. I I really believe that God hears me. And in that moment, from that moment on, my heart was just changed. And then I got connected over here. And that was back in 2008. Yeah, in 2008, I started coming over here. So there was a moment that the Holy Spirit moved in my heart. Now, this is the thing about the Holy Spirit, though. This is the thing. You have an opportunity to say yes to the Holy Spirit or no to the Holy Spirit. And in any of those moments where there was a curiosity inside of me, which was the Holy Spirit tugging on my heart, in any of those moments, I very easily could have been like, nah, Nah, I'd rather do something else no this is this is crazy this is crazy why am I trying to understand God like this? so in that moment now being a pastor and being a and being a Christian I understood what that man was doing he was on a college campus trying to minister to college kids trying to get kids saved but in that moment my heart was completely closed to God even though even though I repeated the same words that I repeated later on. But it was the second time that the Holy Spirit moved on my life and moved in my heart. And I was able to say, yes, this is what I want. But it was a process. It was a process of God putting the right people around me, helping me see Christianity in a new light, responding to the curiosity that God was putting inside of me, the call that God was just Um, pulling me with and me responds to God in, in these continual yeses to God yes, yes, not even recognizing that I'm saying yes to God but just yes, yes, yes yes, yes led me to that moment with the Holy Spirit why didn't the Holy Spirit decide to move the way that he moved the second time when I was with somebody asking me to say a prayer of salvation why he didn't do it the first time we look at a scripture like this and it says the wind blows wherever it pleases you hear its sound but you cannot tell where it's coming from or where it's going so it is with everyone born of the spirit but we hear a verse like that and we also have to consider well when the holy spirit is moving are you willing to say yes are you willing to say yes to god and it's not even just with salvation this is with now being a christian are we aware that the Holy Spirit is moving? Do you care that the Holy Spirit is moving? Do you want to move where the Holy Spirit is moving? And it can be crazy things like, hey, I'm picking up and leaving and I'm moving to wherever because I feel like God's calling me over there. Or much subtle things like, I feel like God is wants me to talk to my sister about something. God wants me to minister to my sister about something. God wants me to speak to Alex about something specific. God wants me to pray with my sister in Christ. Right, so subtle movements like that, great movements, huge movements, like, you know what, I'm quitting my job and I'm becoming a missionary. I had a boss like that. I worked for somebody like that. He used to come to this church and he gave me a job And then I quit that job to work at this church. And then he quit a little bit after to be a missionary. (laughs) He took his whole family. He took his whole family. But that's by the leading of the Holy Spirit. These are things that we have to consider. Talking about the Spirit, our walk with God is very much a spiritual walk. It's not just being a good person. It's not just being a good person. Being a good person comes second to being obedient, saying yes to God. If you are saying yes to God, God is going to lead you in the steps of being a good person. Even if you offend somebody, even if you hurt somebody because you're saying yes to God and saying no to something else. That is the walk. And we can go to Galatians 5 where it says, keep in step with the spirit. i I'm certain that's my favorite I love Galatians 5 so he says this and then Nicodemus is like how can this be? how can this be? and verse 10 says you are Israel's teacher said Jesus you don't you don't understand these things? it's like you're the expert you and generations before you have this stuff memorized you've been studying the scriptures you've been reading about me and you still don't understand these things? He says, I tell you the truth. We speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I've spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Oh, that's numbers. Wait a second. I had this. Wait a second. Oof. I gotta look it up real quick, because I want to look at that story of Moses.
3: Go ahead. Um, in the, uh, the, the Second part. Uh, yeah. We testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. Mm-hmm. Who is you people, and who is talking talk about our testimony?
0: Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, the disciples, the believers, who are believing in Jesus. You people, the Pharisees. The unbelievers, Israel's teacher. These things that you should understand. I've given you testimony. You've seen the miracles. You've, you've seen what God has done. And still you don't believe. For some reason, you know, when he talks about we speak,
4: the
2: we's capitalized and ours capitalized the we's capitalized. Oh, almost like this, he's talking about the Godhead saying, we wow
0: Yeah. Verses, uh, Verse eleven. That's good. Did you, did you catch that, Alex? a so version here. So I have that a, yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying, the
2: Well I'm saying in the text the we is capitalized. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And the our is capitalized also. So it's almost like Christ is talking as God here, saying, We have witnessed to you these things and we have manifested.
5: I have to look at that. Yeah, I have to see.
0: Yeah, I mean, but that—that's subtle. I mean, but that—how how even more powerful is that, Jesus? Man, that's so powerful. Because people make this argument like, when does Jesus say that he's God? What does he say? And we look at moments like this, coming from a Jewish culture, you understand the gravity of what he's saying, right? But I want you, I want you to look at uh, Numbers twenty-one, verse four through nine. Numbers twenty-one, verse four through nine, and I'm going to read you what we just read. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert. So the son of man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. And this this story in Moses is such a clear picture of the gospel. So Numbers chapter 21, verse four. And this is what it says. They traveled from Mount Or along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in this desert? There is no bread, there is no water, and we detest this miserable food. So the Israelites that God has set free from slavery, bringing them to a promised land, while they're on the journey, they are complaining, they're complaining God in his wrath responds in this way in his perfect holy just way he says verse 6 then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them and they bit the people and many Israelites died the people came to Moses and said we sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us so Moses prayed for the people the Lord said to Moses, make a snake and put it up uh, make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up Wait, I got you. Oh, yeah. I got you. Just imagine a snake on this pole, okay? Like at the top. Yeah, maybe like so Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole then when, when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake he lived you guys see the imagery here the venom being sin death eternal death God providing a way for people to live, right? And check this out, though. Look, we might look at a story like this and be like, man, God is, why would God send the snakes to kill the Israelites? What kind of God is that? There you go. What did the Israelites do? They sinned. What is the consequence for sin? Death. What is the consequence for sin? These people deserved it because we sinned. Me and you deserve hell because we sinned. That's how we navigate through this Old Testament God and his wrath. Every single person deserves it because of sin. That's how terrible sin is. Every time we sin, we deserve death. Every time we sin, we are getting bitten by a venomous snake. So we sin, we we get bit by a snake. The consequence of our sin, There's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do to get this venom out of our system. God provides a way. Guys, and this is the Old Testament. God provides a way for us to continue to live. Undeserving, only because they asked. Undeserving, they didn't do anything. They didn't do, they recognized that they sinned. We sinned. Can you make a way? So here we have Jesus going back to John in verse 14, 3, 14. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Guys, look at this imagery and look how all of this is connected. This was written hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus walked the earth God was giving this imagery Before Jesus walked the earth This is what God wanted Because he knew He knew that we were going to sin And he knew how he was going to fix it And it was through Jesus Not by us doing anything Not by us being good enough But by recognizing Wait a second I have poison in my system There's no other way to get it out God, how can you get this out of me? And Jesus is saying here, just like Moses lifted up the snake, the son of man himself, Jesus must be lifted up, like on the cross, on the tree, so that whoever would believe in him would have eternal life. And it's just that. And look how he would Look at the snake. You're healed. Believe in Jesus. You're healed. Believe in Jesus. You are saved. This is, is the simple gospel. this is it right there. there's nothing to add to it, there's nothing to take away from it. This is what it means to be born again that you would see Jesus on the cross, that you would recognize you are a sinner, I am a sinner. I'm not pointing fingers when I say you. I'm talking about us that we would recognize that we are sinners and the only way where let me let me add to this. Sinners deserving of death and eternal punishment. And the, deserving it. I put my hand in a snake pit. I deserve to get bit. I put my hand in there. I commit sin. I deserve to die. That is the consequence there. It's just what it is. So God provides a way for us to escape the consequences of sin. This is the gospel This is the gospel For God so loved the world And this is what he says right? Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert So the son of man must be lifted up That everyone who believes in him May have eternal life And here it is, the famous verse For God so loved the world That he gave his one And only son That whoever believes in him Shall not perish But have eternal life And look at this next verse. This is powerful. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. You see this? We are not serving a God who wants it all to go to hell. Jesus did not come to say, hey, hey, buddy, go to hell. Hey, buddy, go to hell. Jesus did not come here to do that. Jesus did not come here to say, You are not good enough. You will never, ever be saved. No. Jesus came here to say, I have come here to save you from your actions and what you have done. I've come here to save the world, not to condemn the world. Look at verse 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly that God, that what he has done has been done through God. So again, so now we have this imagery of light and darkness. And those who walk in the darkness, those who walk in the darkness are not able to even see the gravity of their sin. But those who are willing to become close to God will see the gravity of their sin and repent of their sin. And sometimes what we have here is we have the moving of the Holy Spirit that will shine a light on you and there will be conviction on you over the things that you know that are wrong and we have a choice to respond to that conviction or ignore that conviction. How do we respond to the conviction of God? Let's just talk about that. What does it mean to respond? God is shining a light on you. You are in the light. You're seeing your heart. You're seeing the things. How do you respond to the light that God shines on you? First, you can to recognize
2: um, how dirty you are when you come to the light. Yeah. And then uh, you can keep walking towards the light.
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Literally. I want you guys to think about this. God telling you, telling us, that we are in the wrong, is grace. We don't even deserve to know that we're in the wrong. We don't even deserve to know that our hearts are dirty that we have venom. We don't even deserve to know that we are dying. We don't deserve to know that. But God in His grace is saying, you are in the wrong and I want to save you because if you continue down this path, you will be eternally separated from Him. So God's light shining on us, conviction and seeing who we really are and not this image that we've made up of ourselves or the image that the enemy has been selling to us. This idea of who we should be because we follow whatever. Recognizing, wait a second, this is a lie. This is not who I am. That is the grace of God. And we can either feel, because this doesn't feel good. The conviction of God does not feel good. And we can be in the light and feel this and run away to the darkness because it does not feel good or we can see what God is trying to do in our lives and push through it and deal with the hard stuff deal with the dirt deal with it with God because because God wants wholeness and then that just even ties in that just I got you that just even ties in to James chapter 1 where where he talks about trials and all these kinds where it produces a perseverance and then it talks about wholeness Right, and then we look at Psalms, where 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 he says um, that that uh, oh my goodness, something along the lines of being afflicted, and now being able to understand your law. God shining a light on us, us seeing our shortcomings, is God's grace saying, "Hey, I'm here to help you, but you got to know that you need help." Go ahead, Crystal. Okay.
1: So what are some real life things to keep you in the light? Like, you know, to stay like physically in the light yeah. and not be tempted back into the darkness. So what are some everyday practical things that can apply to our lives that can help to keep us Yeah.
5: I don't know, just like, maybe listen to some sermons on YouTube or listen to the Bible app while you're driving. Worship music? Yeah. This,
2: this
0: is, this is...
5: Oh, but no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I just think that, I don't know, because uh, I spend a lot of time driving and stuff. Like, worship music is good it can bring you into the spirit, but I, I, I felt that, like, listening to sermons can, uh, can like, uh, if you listen to the right ones, it can be convicting
0: and it can like cause you to think and stuff like that you know Mm -hmm. remind you of your spiritual goals Mm -hmm. that's I don't I don't oh what we see oh man this is good just like what we saw with the Israelites and this is just such a human nature thing the Israelites were in bondage were slaves to Egypt God set them free and they were complaining they found reasons to complain. They found reasons to complain. Because of sin, uh, it is in our human nature to forget, to forget just the good things of God. To forget that, hey, uh, um, uh, I am just, not everything that I desire is, is is good for me. I There is a spiritual war that's going on inside of me to forget these things. And this is why the spiritual disciplines, like reading the word of God. A very practical thing is, God, show me my heart. Show me, God, is there anything, and David does this. Is there anything inside of me that is not of you? Well, sh- shine the light, show me. A willingness to be in the light.
1: Prayer.
0: Yeah, prayer, exactly. Word, prayer, community, because sometimes somebody will tell you Hey, that's not good That's, that's not, And I say this with love But that's not good Let's pray about this Let's talk about why this is happening And so on and so forth But these What we are doing here And coming together to hear the word of God To discuss the word of God Is us saying where is the light Shine the light on me God and those are just practical ways. Like she listens to the right
5: sermons too, like a Francis Chan. Like oh, I am. Yo, that guy, <laughs> is, if you want to feel
0: that, that, that guy's like a million <laughs> <talking> lumens. All right. I found
1: that something like five years ago. Yeah. I was like, oh, let me try this out. But they were really getting her set up to animals. Yeah. Francis Chan. I've heard of two of them so far. But
5: you don't, uh, I guess, I am going to, uh, I guess, name some names. like. Don't listen to Joel Osteen. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: well, name the names because how are we supposed to know? Yeah, 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 so much yeah, yeah, out I, there. Yeah, yeah. Because, well, you know,
5: you for example, you know, like, I guess you could say, like, Joel Osteen is like the personal trainer who would let you run on the treadmill and eat a donut at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> okay. You're not going to get changed. Yeah, okay. You know, and it's like, and it's not like he's just rubbing your bag, it's gonna be okay. He's not you know, like Jesus preached. Like basically the gospel is like we are all sinners and we need yeah. we need him. We like we won't make it to heaven if we don't repent and turn our lives around. And like I don't feel like Joel Eustine preaches it. You know, he just says that you're awesome, you're gonna be okay. And, well when you know, talking good.
1: about that movie that was on Netflix, yeah. how they talk about um movie where the David and Goliath how they're how these mega pastors and how they're changing the story yeah. and taking it
5: away from God. I mean, I think there's like, there's some, some parts of that like I, I kind of didn't agree with but like, for example I think what God does in scripture is like he gives us all these stories about these real people, like they weren't just mm-hmm. mythical characters, they were real people just like every one of us and they did this, did these extraordinary things because of God's power. Mm-hmm. And I think God gives us those examples to say, like, I did this through David, and I could do the same thing through you, mm-hmm. or things like this. So I don't think it's bad to, like, compare ourselves to David, but, you know, David wasn't a God, he was a man. And, but, yeah, but, um, body Bodhi Bakum's a good one. What's that? Bakum.
2: That's why I think it's so important to be in the word because there's so much out there and unless you have a community that's helping you discern or whatever, for you to be able to discern for yourself, you have to be able to hear what they're saying and know the word to say, is this in line with what God is saying and God's word. Because it's not, then you just got to take what they're saying for face value. And the next thing you know, you fall into Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think
1: it's difficult because, like, I can read something, and then yeah. somebody has a completely different opinion about it. Yeah. And so that's where it's really difficult because you just don't know what's the correct opinion. And so at that point, point, you do have to pray. Well,
5: that's one thing to too. Yeah, it's so important to like when you read the word, like pray over it, like yeah. God, please through your spirit, like bear witness to this.
2: Um, I want to hear what you have to say. About because the Bible says it's of no private interpretation. So I can't, I can't take it and say, well, oh, this is how Sebastian sees it. And this is just my view, my opinion. And this is how I take it. And then Alex reads it and he's like, well, this is how I take it. And they're conflicting views. You know, like he could take it and say, this is how I see it in my life because we have different life experiences. But in terms of the word, we can't all have different opinions on what the word says. The Bible, the Bible says it's stacked on top of one another, backing it up you say this and this is what it says okay well there's there has to be other scriptures that define this scripture for you to be able to say this is what it truly is obviously there are certain things in here that are theological debates that people are, have been arguing with whatever but most of it i think well i don't think most of it is backed up scripture scriptures. you know what i'm saying it's not like oh this guy has a view this guy's a view this guy's a view who's right it can't be like that to me
0: there's there are things in the Bible, that are not up for a debate. Right? Yeah. To define yourself as a Christian or to define Christianity. For example, the deity of Jesus. Yeah. That is not up for debate. Take somebody like a Jehovah's Witness who does not believe that Jesus is God. But well, just said, like, uh, in that documentary, you talked about even Kenneth Copeland yep. and other people
5: have, like, questioned the deity of Jesus. Yep. And as soon as somebody says that, turn it off.
0: Don't listen to them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, like, foundational things. That God, God saved us from sin. Right? God saved us from sin. There will be debate on how God does that. There will be debate on, Okay, God wants all people to be saved versus God picks and chooses who is saved. Right? Because you you take a scripture like... John chapter 3, verse 8 that we just read about the Holy Spirit saying the Spirit's going to move however it wants to move. Nobody knows how it's going to move. And somebody will look at that verse and say, see, look the Holy Spirit chose to move on you, but not on you on you, but not on you, on you, but not on you right? But then we go down a little bit more and then it says in in, in, uh, John chapter 3, verse 16 that for God so loved the world that whoever would believe in Him would be saved. Right, so God loved the world, wanting everybody to be saved. So then, that's where you have to take it deeper. Right. Yeah.
2: So you so you can't take that and say, oh, these are conflicting views. There's something that you don't understand about how the Spirit moves versus how, who God wants to be saved. Yeah. I mean, if you just take one part and you ignore that part to, and run with it, this is where we're not we're not reading into the Word and we're not deep, going deeper to see what is this actually saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You can't just be like, oh. Spirit moves wherever, so that I means it chooses you and that, you know. I, I know there's yeah. other backing, yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever,
1: but you know what I'm saying. Well, I have one comment, but I totally missed it. But so, um, <laughs> <laughs> what you were saying, like, I get what you're saying 100%, which is what really attracts me the most about Acts 2 as a church is when they talk, they back it up with scripture, which a lot of people don't necessarily mm-hmm. do. But your knowledge of scripture is going to be way more extensive than mine is, you know, and so therefore I can't back it up. I shouldn't even be speaking, but I can't back it up if I don't know. It's about it's a learning process, so I guess we kind of do need people who are kind of going to kind of lead us in the right direction because yeah. it's going to take me a while to get to that right.
2: knowledge and to get to
1: where that
2: is. I would say, don't have a hundred teachers that, when it comes to that, you can't have. Because then you're cause gonna it, get to exactly. You're
1: gonna get
5: different things. Right. Yeah, that's such a good point. But, mm-hmm. but the thing is too, like for example, I listen to like Body Bob mm-hmm. and stuff. Like he's a uh, reformed, mm-hmm. which is it's it's different. It's mm-hmm. there's some differences, like yep. Camille was saying. Like I don't believe everything that he's saying, but like foundational stuff, mm-hmm. he's solid, hundred percent. Okay. But it's like I guess uh, you
1: gotta know your know your authors, know what this particular. Like you said, he's good foundationally, yeah. but. Yeah. But I think, me, too, like,
5: okay. that's so, so I've gotten, like, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, when I've read the Bible, I feel like the Spirit will bear witness, like, in my heart, you know, like, and then, but you should always test it, too, like, just because you see a scripture a certain way, you come to church and you hear pastor recite certain you know, like, you can trust pastor because, you know, obviously, he's, like, you know, he's the real deal, and he's gone to, like, seminary school, like, Paul said that you should, um, Study and prove yourself worthy of who you know. And, and a lot of times, yeah, a lot of times we can misinterpret a scripture. Because I think if we if we keep reading it and like seek, you know, counsel of other people and stuff, but it is important to read to read the Bible on your own. Cause I've seen people twist stuff like, you know, like Hebrews one, where it talks about like. Oh, in the beginning God used to talk to God used to talk to talk man through the prophets, but now we have Jesus so he doesn't need the prophets because we have direct right access. Mm-hmm. Somebody used that verse to try to say that um, mm-hmm. basically God doesn't use the Spirit to talk with someone. The gifts, like, yeah, yeah, like the gifts of the Spirit are non-existent. I'm like, that's not that says at all. So I don't know, like, you yeah. know. Yeah,
1: it's crazy how I think it's just crazy how people think they're left field That's one thing.
5: I wanna say this though. Wait a second. Oh yeah, um, we can we can go on all night. So. Wait, wait, wait. I wanna I just wanna show the scripture real quick. I gotta look it up. Just as long as you don't listen to the witness. Yeah, I wanna I wanna hear your scripture. do <laughs> they <Yeah. laughs> I mean I don't know anything about them, but don't they
1: find a different Bible? They have the new
5: world translation. Every verse every verse that in our Bible that mentions Jesus as being deity, they yeah. changes like John one says in the beginning, the word was with god the word was god they put word the the word the word was a little g god and like Zechariah talks about how uh, in the end times uh, the Jews are going to mourn and in Zechariah it says they're going to mourn for me whom they pierced and this is way before Christ was ever born Zechariah prophesied that so they they changed me to him but anything that makes reference to Jesus is to be, they, they change it. Because I'm guessing they don't believe in Jesus.
1: They, they believe
5: in him, but they don't believe that he was God. They don't believe that his sacrifice was fully efficient. That's why, was well, fully sufficient. So that's why they're always out knocking on doors and chasing me down the parking lots. And, and they feel like they have to work for it. Trying to get the holy points.
1: Uh, oh, no, no, no.
5: <laughs> they don't have anybody in their denomination that it has a PhD in Greek or Hebrew or anything. Yep. The most qualified guy took a course for three hours on Hebrew. That's it. and they don't celebrate Christmas. No <laughs> <More> birthdays. No <laughs> <laughs> so fun. Okay, Kathy, go
4: ahead. <laughs> you got a scripture. That's where I'm looking at, you. <laughs> it's so good, right? Get out of here. The only reason I'm here now is because <laughs> I don't want to take things out of context. Nah. <laughs>
5: And if you are with the yeah,
4: So, I feel like a lot of times this, uh, like debacle happens when people start to argue about spiritual things, but they don't know the word enough to really gain background. Mm-hmm. So, then that's where confusion happens. But it's just so interesting because what came to my mind was when Jesus was talking to the people and he said, like, Don't suffer the little children to come to me, yeah. And. It's just one of those things that, like, my dad is the one that was talking about this one time in conversation, how I think as adults, we tend to, like, overcomplicate things. And if Jesus was asking the children to come to him, then I just think sometimes it just takes, like, a little bit of faith to go out, you know, on your faith and ask God to say, okay, it's okay if I don't understand everything right now. Yeah. Like, you're not going to always know everything. And sometimes you might read a scripture, it doesn't make sense to you, and it's okay to be okay. Like you're okay not understanding right then and there and having the patience and trusting on God to reveal it to that's you good. when the time is right. Yeah, just like like good. little kids, they don't know everything. And we are God's children the same way when you accept Christ. So I mean, just throw that out there. It's just sometimes you might be jumping the gun, go looking for a leader that might lead you down the wrong path. Act on your faith and just trust in God. He said he was going to do everything that he said he was going to do. So, just be patient sometimes. It's just another point.
0: And that reminds me, that that just gave me an image of like, somebody who wants to swim, um, but is just overwhelmed by the water. And it's just like, the only way you're going to be able to learn how to swim is if you at least get inside the water <laughs> or unless you're yeah. in the early 90s and your parents were three <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly they do that today yeah <laughs> but, but, it's, but it's but it's this idea of, because I know how intimidating this can be where do I start what do I what do I do what if I don't understand and then even the thought of like God what if what if, what if I get confused and like And like you push me or like i push you away because i don't because i don't understand you and i don't don't get this somebody says this somebody says that about 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 all of this but the only way that me and you are going to be able to get to swimming is by first just getting into the water starting at the three foot side of the thing and just walking back and forth and just getting comfortable in the water and in community teaching us how to float Teaching, I mean, you you know more about teaching swimming, <laughs> but but that's that's just 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 get in the water at the very least. Anya, go ahead.
1: I was listening to a podcast, and the guy was saying talking about the different versions of the Bibles. Yeah. And I know that everyone has some people don't like certain versions, and you know they say you should just dump. Some people say you should read King James Version. And you should feel bad if you can't understand it. Well, if the guy said, you know, if you want your kid to learn Shakespeare, you're not going to give him the book right away and just say, here, understand it. You're going to say it in different versions or a good night in a kid version. Yeah. And that's okay to start in NIV or yeah. English Standard Version and then work your way up to King James Version. You know, don't feel bad if you don't automatically understand this. I have a hard time with it.
0: Yeah, well, definitely. But that's that's just where we are, today You have some? Huh? Do you have oh, something? No, oh. no. I'm oh. saying amen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what she had. <laughs> But that. But this is the beautiful thing about the gospel, guys. God has done everything for us. We just we just receive the gospel, and we're saved. But when we are saved, we are a new creation. We are born. Of the spirit and now able to understand spiritual things but there is an intentionality about staying in the light because our hearts are in process and will always forever be in process and that's not an excuse to stay early in the process that's not an excuse to say I'm in the process so but you've been in this square for like 12 years now and you should be over there in the process right so
3: (laughs) <laughs> scripture about that?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. About milk and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. milk yeah. and... Yeah, uh-huh. He needs some milk. But um, let's pray, guys. Father God, we want to thank you for your word. Thank you for saving us, God. Lord, we never want to look at the cross. We never want to look at you on the cross and just it be just common knowledge. Just it be... Just another story in the Bible. Father, that is the story of the Bible. That is the purpose of why we are here today. This is why we are living. This is why we are breathing. So that we can have relationship with you, God. And only through Jesus. Jesus is the cure for sin. Jesus is the bridge between man and God. And we look to you, Jesus, right now in the same way that the Israelites look to that bronze snake We look to you right now, Father God, because we need you. We look to you right now, Father God, because there are things that are too heavy in our lives to carry. There are battles that are too hard for us to fight on our own. The sin, there, there is sin that is too hard to resist, God. And we are looking to you, Jesus. And that's all we're doing. We're looking to you, Father God. And we're asking you, God, to fill our hearts with faith to fill our hearts with courage to fill our hearts with wisdom Father God to have a Christ-like heart God to see the schemes and the plans of the enemy and to see how just just how he works around us Father God so we can call him on his stuff and not fall so easily into his traps Father God we want to be so in love with your word we want to know you we want to experience your presence daily we want to stay in the light We want to stay with you, Father God, knowing that you have made a better way for us, God. So help us, God. I pray for everybody in this room. Bless, bless each person in this room with the power of the Holy Spirit and your wisdom, God. We're asking it for of of you, Father, just like it says in James. We're asking you for your wisdom, God, to lead us and to guide us and for your wisdom as we read your word, Father God. We're ready to jump in. We are ready. To be with you, Father God, to spend time with you, God, to wrestle in the word with you, God. Draw us closer, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to move. I'm asking you, God, to move on our hearts, Father, in a way that is inexplicable, God, in a way that we can only say that you did it. You moved in our hearts and all of a sudden I have such a passion for the Word. You moved in our hearts and all of a sudden I have such a passion for prayer. I have a, such a passion for your presence. I have such a passion for the church. Just move in our hearts in a way that only you can do it, God. And we just thank you, Father. and pray this in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Oh, I just want to say one more thing. Sorry. you no, good. I just, I just want to say one more thing about uh, being in the light. In no way am I saying that we need to be in a constant state of beating ourselves up. That is is not what I'm saying. What what I'm saying is that the good news is that God shines a light so that we can take it to Him, so that we can be changed. We cannot stay in a constant state of beating ourselves up. That is a form of pride. You are looking at how terrible you are instead of how great and good God is. The whole point of shining the light is not to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so terrible. The whole point is shining the light. It's like, I can't do this. God, take this because you are the only good one. So that's it right there. Okay? Thank you, guys. For listening.